0: Welcome to the Misha All Access Podcast. Today's episode is about the beginning of our winter championships, and we didn't have a podcast in the fall, so we weren't able to talk about our championships. Now that we have this forum that we can talk about many of the things that we do, we wanted to do preview episodes of our championships in the winter and the spring. And so our first championship coming up in February is girls swimming and diving, and as a fairly new executive director, I think this is important for all of us, not just about girls swimming and diving, but all of our sports and activities and their championships and helping people understand how these things work. How do you pull off these championships? There are many folks in our states affiliated with our schools who never attend or never get an opportunity to experience a championship, we have a lot of folks who it's old hat for them. So this is an opportunity to speak to all of our membership, people in our state, maybe even outside of our state. How do championships work? So we're going to talk about girls swimming. I'm joined today with the Associate Executive Director, Stacy Schrader, who is the administrator in charge of boys and girls swimming and diving. Today, we're going to be talking about girls as they are a winter sport in Missouri. And Stacey's going to help us just kind of understand the culture of the event, some of the key aspects, and maybe get you excited about the possibility of understanding a little bit more about the sport of girls swimming and diving in Missouri, but also this this event, which is a celebration of the girls in our state who participate in this sport. So Stacy, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Yeah. It's exciting. So Girls swimming and diving is not a team sport. It's an individual sport. We have several of those. And our individual sports all have kind of a different personality when we talk about really regular season competitions, but also the postseason. So it's easy to think about in a team sport, how do you get to the final site, the championship site? It's a bracketed tournament. Everyone who has something to do with sports, kind of understands what a bracketed tournament is. How does a girl in Missouri qualify for the state swimming championships, swimming and diving championships?
1: Well, it's a little bit different for diving, so we'll leave that for a moment later. But with the swimming, we have qualifying standards. Swimming is an individual sport, but swimming is handled differently than our other individual sports, even track would be the closest in comparison because they both have races for time and it's very objective. But we don't use the qualifying district into state format right now for swimming. It actually started with districts, but for a long, long time, we have not had districts in swimming. And so the advisory committee every year looks at qualifying standards and they set qualifying standards and they we take of all the kids that meet the qualifying standards, the fastest 32 in each event come to state. At the end, once the qualifications time frame closes, they hit those times. We look at the list of the 32. If we have a tie and the 32 and 33rd fastest swimmers are tied, they both come. So it's
0: the top 32 in every event based on the performance list that they keep throughout the season. So if you've hit that qualifying standard in the regular season, you still are not 100% sure you're going to get to come to state until the last possible meet of the regular season. We're going to take all those. You get to go in the pool. if, (laughs) (laughs) No pun pun. intended. (laughs) Yeah. You get to go into that group of those who have qualified. And then the top 32 with ties come to the state
1: championships. Correct. We call the qualifying times consideration qualifying times because all the kids that hit those are not going to come to state. We usually end up with about seventy-five to a hundred kids in every event that have hit those qualifying times, the consideration
0: times, but then again the fastest thirty-two will end up coming. So even if an athlete has hit that qualifying time, maybe early in their season, They're continually wanting to improve that time to give themselves a better chance of actually qualifying for the meet. Exactly. They're working harder to finish the end of the season really strong and hopefully get
1: their fastest time at conference or something toward the end. But they may have also gotten it at an earlier meet. Right. So a diver, how would a diver qualify? The first part starts out the same way. There are consideration qualifying standards for diving, but that is to qualify to go to districts. You have to hit a certain number of points, certain degree of difficulty at the right type of a meet to qualify to go to districts. And then everybody that hits those goes to a district qualifying event, which is the Friday and Saturday before state swimming and diving championships. And then the top 32 Eight at each of four districts in diving will qualify for state. So there may be 16, there may be 10. It's equitable between the four districts, but the same number of kids will dive at each of the districts, and the top eight will come to state.
0: Okay. So let's continue this vein of the competition. So we're going from all the swimmers and divers in the state of Missouri to eventually a state champion in every event. And there are 13 events. 12. 12. Are we counting diving? 12 is 12 the, total. The, Twelve. Yes. Okay. So, 11 swimming, right. 11 swimming and one diving. So, how do we get to, so we've qualified for the state championships. How do we determine the winner? Obviously, there are not 32 lanes in a pool. So how do, how do we handle <laughs> That's that? That's correct.
1: Our 32 will be seated. We have four heats of the 32. The slowest eight will be in the first heat. And then the other three heats are circle seated is what it's called, where lane four is the fastest lane. And the very fastest swimmer will be in lane four of the last heat. And then it's circle seated back lane four, lane five, so on and so forth.
0: Okay. So there's a preliminary. So if we only have 32 qualifiers with ties, we might have another heat. But if we only have 32 qualifiers, then we've got These preliminary heats, four heats, then what happens?
1: All of the times that they swim in the four heats, the top eight of the overall times in that event, let's say the 50 free, the fastest eight kids will be in the championship final and they will be swimming for first place through eighth place. The ninth time through to the 16th time will be swimming in the consolation final, and they'll be going for points for ninth place through 16th place. Nobody in the consolation can get first, and nobody
0: in the championship heat could get ninth. Right. So we place it out to 16 places, even though if you lined up all the times, it's possible that in the middle, the eighth place swimmer might have a slower time than someone in the consolation heat. But we place to 16, but we meddle the top eight. So that's how we work in swimming. In diving, we also meddle the top eight. We're not going to get into the diving scoring because it's extremely complicated. Probably not as complicated as it looks once you get inside it, but as a layperson watching it, wow seven judges. There's a lot going on. 11 rounds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on in a diving competition. Again, we're going to place it out. They do a lot of elimination doing those 11 rounds and eventually you're going to get a top eight in the state of Missouri in diving. So now there are state champion teams. So we have these individuals. They qualify as individuals. At this point, we've not talked about their schools at all. They are qualifying individuals. They can be the state champion. They are representing their school. But how does a school become the state girls swimming and diving champion? Again,
1: comparing it to something that probably more individuals in the state of Missouri that might be listening to this podcast understand would be similar to track and field, where each of the events you get points for first place, you get more points than for eighth place. And so we score to 16 in all of the events. And so all of the teams that have multiple kids swimming are getting points for any of those finalists that are participating. And so at the end, the more swimmers that do well gives teams a chance to have more points and possibly be in the top four. And we give the trophies to top four teams when all said and done with the diving and the swimming and everything laid out.
0: Okay. And we have classes. We have two classes. Two classes, okay. A smaller class and a larger class. So we have a number of our member schools who do not have a competition pool in their communities. They don't have a competition pool anywhere close. This is not something that is in their daily existence in their communities. We have then other schools where this is something that they've done for a long time. Where do you have a state swimming championship? It seems like you'd need something fairly specialized. As far as
1: the location of where we might be able to have, well, our
0: state swimming and diving championships we've
1: had for a long time now, since 1999 at the St. Peter's RecPlex in St. Peter's, Missouri, and it is a fabulous facility. It's an eight-lane pool. It has a bulkhead where we have a a diving well and warm-up lanes happening at the same time in one end while we have the meet and the actual competition taking place in the other end. Great facility, both for the teams to come in, lots of parking, good areas for fans and seating, concession stand. It's a really nice facility. We've been really, really lucky to be there for such a long time, about 23, 24 years.
0: Yeah, it's got spectator seating and it is owned by the city of St. Peter's. It's their kind of community center, but they have this facility there. We're not privy to any other facility in the state that would check all the boxes for one of our championships?
1: That's correct. There are some that are really, really fast pools. The Mizzou Natatorium is a really fast pool. Teams like going and swimming there and having meets there. They're a little bit tight on the facility seating capacity for the fans and spectators and really tight on the deck space for the kids. And we've looked at other facilities and there's been some interest through the years, but the advisory committee, And the swimming fans in the state really want those kids that are participating in the meet to be able to be there on the deck watching it firsthand, not back in some ready room watching it on a big screen. So that's a key aspect to the RecPlex is all of the deck space. So we have 400 kids that come in for each class. We're bringing in 800 kids for three days. And we need spaces for all of those kids and all of the coaches that go along with those kids and our workers and so forth. So it does take a lot of space and the RecPlex has filled that need and they do a fantastic job. Their staff has been wonderful to work with and it's a great festive atmosphere and the championships if you've not had a chance to watch it on MESHA TV or been to a swim meet, whether it's regular season at a school or the state championships, you ought to tune in. It really is festive and loud. And we have the kids march in in for each of the finals events with music playing and they march in with a sign that shows what the event is and they come in in a parade of athletes. It's It's really quite exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, we try to make it a state championship venue. Okay, so we talked about deck space. We've got 400 kids on the deck at one time. As a person stands in the recplex, and we've got the competition pool on one end, the warm up pool, and the, and the diving well on the other end. We've got spectators from one end of that pool all the way to the other end of the pool. Let's talk kids first. How do we decide which schools get the best <laughs> spots on that deck? It is the teams with the most
1: qualifiers, the biggest teams that have the most, it's actually entries, not bodies, because one swimmer could be in four different events. And so the entries cause the deck entry process. So we've got some big teams with lots of kids, multiple kids in many events, and
0: those biggest teams get the first slot. Okay. And we don't assign. We just say you get to come in first and pick your spot. Correct. Okay. Wherever you want. Yeah. Now, what if I am a mom of one of those teams? How do I get to make sure that I get the same level of prestige as my school? Is that possible that I can get a special spot in the stands if I'm a mom?
1: If you line up really early and camp out and get in the ticket line, it's possible for you to to be
0: one of the first to get in and pick your seat. And does that happen? It does happen. Okay. So how many minutes before the start of the event can the spectators enter the natatorium?
1: Actually, I'm not sure I can answer that question. They line up outside along the overhang in front of the building, outside of the doors really early before they let them inside. I'm not sure quite how late they start the process. We open our ticket gates at certain times, which we post. That would be my guess as to when they start bringing them in from outside is when we open our ticket sales.
0: Yeah, so as we record this, we're about two, two and a half weeks away from our state swimming championships. It is currently 23 degrees. And it is (laughs) highly possible that it could be 23 degrees or it could be 63 degrees. We don't Mm -hmm. know on that day (laughs) Yeah, in February. And these folks are out there waiting for their spot to be able to watch their children or their school compete. So it is, you know, I think sometimes if our sport or our activity is something different, we kind of forget that there's something else going on that someone else is just as passionate as i am they are passionate and that's what's happening at our state swimming and diving championships that folks want to make sure they get a good seat and then you also talked about it's loud now having been there it's not always loud there's an ebb and flow to that crowd noise so what's special it's kind of like a track meet what's special about what's happening there that why can't it be loud the whole time
1: Well, we want to have a fair start. And so we try and get folks to both turn off their flashes at the beginning of the race because we use a strobe start, but also give a little bit of quiet so the swimmers can hear the instructions of our starter of when the start is going to take place. And it's kind of a natural that everybody is focused and really attentive to the start of the race so it naturally becomes quiet and that's in and of itself kind of exciting as well because everybody is watching what's going on and getting ready to cheer really loud once they get in the water
0: yeah so the starter okay the starter is one of the crew the officiating crew that works our state championships you want to talk a little bit about first of all what we need as far as numbers of people To run this event, we have a preliminary swimming event, we have our diving championships, and then we have the finals swimming event. So it's kind of a day and a half of championship. And so what do we need as far as numbers of people? And then who are these people that run our meet
1: We bring in 10 registered Missouri MISHA swimming and diving officials to run the swimming portion of the meet, to officiate the meet, keep it fair. That includes those 10, includes a starter and a referee. Our starter will be Julie Elliott here for the girls meet, and our referee is Chuck Bremer. both longtime, very skilled officials. Our entire officiating crew is exceptional. These are the cream of the crop officials that we bring in. They work lots of regular season meets. The schools use them a lot and they do a fantastic job. For diving, we have seven judges for the diving portion and a referee as well. And Jim Whitelaw is our diving referee, and our judges, some of them are registered Misha officials, some of them are more diving experts, and they're diving judges, but not swimming and diving officials. And then we have a boatload of table personnel and scorers and announcers and the RecPlex staff, again, they provide the life judges or lifeguards, we still have to have lifeguards on deck for safety reasons,
0: and all of their staff is there to help us with whatever we we may need, takes a lot of folks. In addition, we have to have backup systems on these races. And so we have three volunteers on every single lane during the swimming championships, three volunteers for the backup timing; They each have a a stopwatch. So there are a lot of people. (laughs) attending to each lane. Yes,
1: there are. It takes a lot of folks, and I would put out the notice to people that on the Championship Information Central for the Girls' State Meet on the website, there is a chance to sign up to serve as a timer. We do need timers, and generally those are volunteers, whether they be Other swimmers who are alternates or some parents like to time, some community members in the St. Peter's area like to volunteer for the different things that they have. The city of St. Peter's puts out the document that you can sign up on, but there's a link to it on our championships page. So we'd love to have people sign up to be a timer.
0: You talked about the staff for the RecPlex. The staff helping with our meets, you mentioned that they provide the lifeguards set up, you know, do we set up the pool? Do they set up the pool? How does that all
1: They set up the pool. We have a lot of equipment that we bring in, but they have to bring in stands for all the teams so they have places to sit on the deck. So they bring those in from all of their parks and rec facilities around the city of St. Peter's, set those up. They have beautiful blue drapes that they set up with our banners to, again, create the festive atmosphere that we have there at the pool. They spend long hours and late into the night ahead of time setting everything up for us. And then saying late at night after we finish up and we're loading up our equipment to take back to Columbia, they're there sometimes till midnight taking everything down. They just do a fantastic
0: job. We talked a lot about the physical aspects of the St. Peter's RecPlex to host our event. The thing we didn't talk about that you just touched on is their expertise in running a championship level event. And they do this not just for the Missouri State High School Activities Association twice a year. They do other events, USA Swimming and those kinds of things. They really know what they're doing. And certainly our events are not necessarily exactly like some of the others, but they, in my experience, my short experience, they are very attentive to what we need. They can predict what we might need. And they do a great job making sure that the face of state high school swimming in their facility is professional. You can't discount that piece when we talk about our venues. It's not just the people we bring in, and it's not just us. It's the folks who know and run and understand that venue and want to make sure that the venue is an important player as well as the athletes and the participants and, and the officials and the coaches. And a huge piece of that puzzle, especially today in all sports, but it is definitely
1: in swimming, is technology. And we have touch pads at the end of the race. The timers are a backup system, but the touch pads actually, when they the kid comes in and finishes the race and touches the touch pad, that automatically stops the automatic timing system. Sometimes there can be issues with those. They're in the water all the time. They have wires going to them. And the RecPlex is just fantastic of keeping their technology working. And if a touchpad goes bad, which we've had rarely during a meet, they are there bringing a new touchpad in, fixing it and getting it ready so we can have accurate times and get the kids
0: their final times and their medals and complete the meet. Okay. The one thing I want to still touch on is the Misha aspect. So you obviously are there. How many people does it take from our office to help with the things that the RecPlex is not helping with or other entities? How do we show up there and what are we doing when we're there?
1: I want to say we bring about eight people right now to the RecFlex to assist with things. And we try to stay behind the scenes and let the kids be the highlight. But there are lots of things to be done. Having the equipment that you need at a certain time, like having the trophies and the medals available for our award ceremony at the end when we're doing our championship heats. More supplies than you can imagine that we bring to all of our championships, and swimming is no exception. This year, we're actually also going to be bringing our big scoreboard, and it will be out in the parking lot, so we're excited about that. We call her Babs, and so we'll be playing some information on the big screen out in the parking lot. So we have staff there to work with that. All sorts of things are happening behind the scenes, media, media check-in, results being posted upstairs and downstairs so the kids can see it when they're on the deck, and the parents can see it up above. Things are being pushed to Meet Mobile so people can see the times on their app on their phone. It just takes a lot of people. Yeah,
0: we have a pass gate. We have apparel sales. We have social media coverage. We have Misha TV, who cover the entire event. There are a lot of things happening. As you say, we try to stay behind the scenes, but there are a lot of pieces to making it happen, to make it accessible for spectators on site, but also accessible for those who want to either follow along with the app or watch it on Misha TV from home. How long have we had girls swimming and diving in the association? Since 1976. Our first championship was in 1976.
1: Okay. Which makes it on the older side for our girls. It is. This is our 47th. No, last year was our 47th. This is our 48th annual championship for girls.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for helping to educate us on something we may know a lot about or that we don't know a thing about. There are a lot of folks in Missouri that may not have been
1: aware that we have a state swimming and diving championships, but it's something to take a peek at if you have a chance. It's
0: also fascinating for me to look at the classifications because swimming and diving schools often happen in mid to larger size schools. And so schools who might have been classified in kind of an upper half when we were looking at sports where we have classes one through four, one through five, maybe even one through six, Now we have two classes in swimming and diving, so it's interesting to look at which schools are in class one and class two. And with championship factor, that changes things a little bit too. So every one of our sports is certainly unique, but it has enough things that are different about it that it is quite a bit unique when you look at it with our other sports. So thanks for helping us to understand it. We highly recommend that if you can't make it to the RecPlex, that you check out our championship events page on our website. When you go to swimming and diving, you can get information information on the championship. You can get access to the Meet Mobile app or websites. You can watch Times as it goes. Maybe you've got a school that you're kind of interested in seeing how that school is doing or that swimmer is doing. You can do it that or you can just go to, to Misha TV and pay for the access and watch the championships. Even if you just want to watch a final and go in and see The Class 1, Class 2 finals. Can you remind us of the dates of the championships, both for Class 1 and Class 2?
1: Yeah, we start with Class 2 this year. We rotate that back and forth. We are February 16th, 17th, and 18th. Class 2 will be all day Thursday, the 16th, and half of the day Friday, the 17th. And then Class 1 will be second this year. And it'll be the second half of Friday, the 17th, and then all day Saturday, the 18th.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you, Stacey Schrader, Associate Executive Director for the Missouri State High School Activities Association. This has been the MISHA All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the MISHA All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.